passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast, presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. Give me the Okay, welcome in to a midweek edition of the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. Glad you're with us. Got the Hogs and the Aggies coming up on Saturday night down in Dallas. Everybody getting ready for that one. A lot of people are going. A lot of people are planning their Saturday night parties as they're going to watch the game. This has got a big-time feel to it to me this week. You know, we were talking earlier today about how, you know, there have been some of the Southwest Classic games that have drawn 75, 80,000 people. There have been some that they've called it 55 when it didn't look like there were 45 in there. But I think it's going to be full on Saturday night. I think Razorback fans are flocking. And I think A&M fans are going to be there too. This is going to have a bowl game atmosphere, I think. This game in Arlington's probably not going to be around much longer. It's going to go to on-campus sites, evidently, when this deal is done. So it's not as though we're going to have forever to go watch the Razorbacks play in this stadium. So I think a lot of people are going to be there Saturday night. Hogs are good, Aggies are good, and ought to be a great atmosphere. All right, coming up on the podcast today, we are going to visit with legendary Arkansas sports writer Bob Holt. And not just about this version of the Razorbacks or past versions of the Razorbacks, but a little bit about his relationship with the coaches from Sam Pittman now to Nolan Richardson in basketball and covering the Dallas Cowboys right after Jerry Jones bought them back in 1989. You know, there's a whole generation of Arkansans who don't remember what a big story it was nationally when this oil wildcatter from Arkansas came in and bought the Dallas Cowboys. Here's the truth. A lot of people in Arkansas, if they weren't like real Razorback fans from the 60s, a lot of people in Arkansas didn't know who Jerry Jones was. And all of a sudden, he was the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. It's hard to believe there was a time when Jerry Jones was not a megastar. But he was not a megastar when he bought the Dallas Cowboys. He became one, and he is one today. But Bob was there at its inception. And he's got some good stories, and I think you're going to enjoy listening to him. As always, today we're brought to you by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, professional realtors. And that's what separates them from everybody else. They handle your business from the contract to the close. And even before that, when it comes time to list that house, they're right there with you. 
When the buying process begins, they are there from start to finish. And right up to the day where you either hand the keys to the new owners or you get that key to your dream home. Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. They've got offices in Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They've got a brand new location in Branson. I can tell you from personal experience, I couldn't have been more satisfied, and I think you'll feel the same way too. Log on to WeikertGriffin.com. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Well, you know we only speak to legends here on the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. And today, at least in our business, in the sports media business in Arkansas, Bob Holt is a legend. And he's been kind enough to join us today. Bob, first, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I appreciate you saying that. I, I think that's just another way of saying I'm real old. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, that's, that's, that, that's my way of saying Bob's been around a long time. Um, you know, there's a generation that when they think of Arkansas and Texas A&M playing one another, they think of Arlington. They think of Jerry's world. Um, for a lot of us, they remember, you know, in the Southwest Conference days, if it was a road game, you went to Kyle Field. If it was a home game, you played in Fayetteville. Are we missing out a little bit by not experiencing, um, you know, road games at A&M, you know, seeing all the things that come with that the way – you and a lot of others saw for so many years? Well, I mean, there's definitely something to be said for, for on-campus games, and especially when, uh, you know, back when I started doing this in 81, uh, it's hard to believe Razorback Stadium seated about 40,000, something like that. And Kyle Field, I can't remember the capacity, but it was nowhere near what it is now. It's probably 65 or so. It was a very big stadium, but now it seats over 100. Um, and so when you put that kind of money into your facilities, you know, you want to play as many on-campus games probably as possible. But I think it's also cool that uh, to, to have this as a neutral site game every year, especially in in such a great stadium as AT&T Stadium. That, you know, to Jerry Jones, former Razorback, had a great vision for that stadium. And um, I remember talking to Jerry about that. Oh, I think it was when Arkansas was playing in the Cotton Bowl in 2007 and they were building the stadium and Jerry took a bunch of the media out to the site and you had saw the cranes and stuff. But I remember Jerry talking about how when he played in the Cotton Bowl with Arkansas in the 64 season, I think they did, they did like a training camp in Houston or something. And that's when the Astrodome had just been built. And, um, uh, uh, Frank Broyles, you know, the coach then took the team out to the Astrodome and it was, I think it was then known as the eighth wonder of the world. It was like the Taj Mahal or the pyramids. I mean, nobody had now dome stadiums are not that uh, unusual back then having a dome stadium was, you know, unbelievable that somebody could do that. And I remember Jerry saying that just at a, at a young age, here he was a college senior that made him realize the possibilities that there were out there. Of course, at that time, he never knew if he was going to be an NFL owner for the, I guess the richest, most valuable franchise in all pro sports. But um, but I think there's something pretty cool about playing in that stadium. Of course, you have Texas Know You in the Cotton Bowl, uh, which is you know a venerable facility, and, and uh, Georgia and, and Florida play in Jacksonville every year, even though uh, Kirby Smart, the Georgia coach, wants to get it out of there uh, for recruiting purposes so he can have recru- recruits at the game. But um, I, I think it's cool that they play there. And um, – you know, I think A&M didn't like it initially because Arkansas was winning, and Arkansas probably got tired of it because they were losing. But 
And I think it's pretty clear that when the contract runs out and after the 20, you know, I think the last game contractually to be played there will be 2024. And I think he'll go on to campuses, but um, there's definitely something to be said for, for on campus games, but I think it's kind of a, a cool neutral site game. And I guess selfishly, I like going down to Arlington every year because it's, it's a, it's a fun trip. Yeah. You know, we've seen games in the Southwest classic when, you know, there were 75, 80,000 people in there. And we've seen games when they called it 55 and it looked like it might be 45. Both teams are really good, though. And both teams, particularly the Razorback fan base, is excited. And I suspect there's going to be a big-time atmosphere. I mean, a really big-time atmosphere Saturday night. What do you think we might see in that regard? I think so too. I think I think it'll be well attended. Of course, the tickets aren't cheap. I'm I'm not sure how much they are. But I know they're not cheap. Barbie's not cheap. But um, you know, A and M. You got to give those AE fans credit. You know, they lost to Appalachian State. You know, a shocking. You know, embarrassing loss, frankly, for for A and M at home. And then they just packed it out for uh, for Miami. Of course, Miami's a ranked team. But uh, I I saw pictures. I think. Early in the week, the Aggie students were camping out, you know, like, you know, students here, sometimes there were students around the country doing, so they could get in there, and, and they they definitely helped uh, A&M win that game because it was kind of a, you know, it was a low scoring, you know, I think it was 17 to 9 was the final uh, A&M beat Miami, but, so I think the Aggie fans, I mean, they're ranked, um, this is a big, and, and, and they've got three straight road games after this. This is technically their home game, obviously a neutral side game. But so unless the Aggie fans are going to go to Tuscaloosa and Starkville, and I can't remember what their other road game is, there, you know, this is their last chance to see their team in person in a month. And so I think they will be, and obviously Arkansas fans are excited. So I, I think it'll be a great crowd and it'll be a great atmosphere. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a, a, I think it'll be a close game too. You've watched a lot of Razorback teams over the years. You've seen some that were maybe overranked, some that were underranked, maybe some that were ranked just about right. What's your take on this Razorback team right now in relation to the to the national perspective? It seems like if if you're near the top of the heap in the SEC, you're going to be somewhere in the heap of the national rankings. Is is this that type team? You've seen a lot of good teams over the years. Do you think this is that type team? I think it could be. Um, you know, beating Cincinnati, they were ranked early coming off the playoff appearance. That was very impressive. I know South Carolina is not Georgia, obviously. We saw that with what Georgia did to Carolina last week. But they're still a solid SEC team. I think Shane Beamer's a good coach. He's going to build a good program there. Um, Missouri State. I mean, I don't think any of us thought that they would fall, the Arkansas would fall behind 17 zip, but you knew by Petrino was going to come in here and throw everything, you know, at them. And I, I, I thought Missouri State would, I thought it'd be a tough game. Uh, definitely not an easy game. Didn't think it'd be like that, but you got to give Arkansas credit for rallying and, and avoiding the big upset. And so I really like Arkansas on offense. I mean, they got so many guys back. Um, obviously, you got an experienced quarterback, KJ Jefferson. You got a really good offensive line. Uh, great running backs. You know, probably get Dominic Johnson back this week to make a, a great room even even stronger with uh, Rocket Sanders and and, and AJ Green and uh, Rashad Dubian and then or Dubinian, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, I missed his name up there. And um, I think they have good receivers, even though most of those guys are new, except for for Trey Knox. And I guess Warren Thompson, but 
I really like the offense. The defense, it's been, you know, feast or famine, as we all know. They lead the nation. This is just a totally crazy stat to me, your stats. They lead the nation in sacks, but they're last in, in most yards allowed. And um, so either they're getting that quarterback or, or guys are, are running free and getting the ball and, and uh, you know, making yards. That's where they really miss Jalen Catalan, I think, in the back end of that secondary. And it's really unfortunate, obviously, what happened to him. You know, terrible for, for Jalen, and, and obviously it's a tough break for Arkansas. He hurt his shoulder again. But, um, you know, the, the, the big question that can maybe hold him back from having a great year is can they get their issues on defense fixed to where, you know, they're, they're tackling better and teams aren't hitting all these big passes and getting a lot of yards after the catch on them. But offensively, I think they're definitely a top-10 team. And, and the way they're sacking, you know, the quarterback and getting hurries, that – that's impressive too, but I think I think Arkansas is a pretty good team. You've covered a lot of coaches here, and 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 I'm not just going to include football in this, and and I want to get to some of these other guys later. But for right now, football, I, I just wonder how covering Sam Pittman is like for someone in the media. Maybe as compared to maybe how it was to cover some other guys. Well, I, I like covering Sam. I mean, I like covering Sam when he was an assistant coach. I mean, um, you know, you could tell he was a good guy. He'd come in the interview room and sit down and take his shoes off, you know, because he's been on his feet all day. Kind of like probably a lot of us feel when we get home and sit on our couch and say, man, my feet are killing me. I'm going to take my shoes off, you know. And it's kind of nice that Sam felt comfortable enough around us to do that. Um, I remember kidding him when he – that last pre- when he had his first press conference here, you know, he, he had kind of the the pep rally thing, and you know, with with I think you were the MC or whatever that, and then he went back in the team room and talked to us, and I, remember I was kidding about taking his. I said if you wanted to take his socks off, that'd be okay. But um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, Sam's a really down to earth guy. I think he really gets the media. Um, you know, I, I think he, you know understands we have a job to do and he you know when you ask him a question he, he usually gives you a pretty good answer i remember i think it was on the zoom last week i came around what i asked him and he says like well can, can i tell a story well of course he's the orange coach he can do whatever he wants to but i said something like sure you have great stories and i oh, know it was something about recruiting it was actually the south carolina week um shane beamer had told a story about how he first became aware of Sam Beamer was an assistant in Carolina, and there was a big defensive lineman. His name escapes me. The Carolina recruited real hard. The South Carolina didn't. He ended up signing at North Carolina, and Sam, he was a defensive lineman. Sam, as the offensive line coach, recruited him. I remember Shane Beamer said, how did the offensive line coach at North Carolina sign this guy? And he ended up being a first-round draft pick, a really good player. And um, so Sam was giving us some some background on that. But um, – A.T.'s a good storyteller. He's always got plenty of lines. Um, you can tell it's not really rehearsed. I don't think, you know, he's always, like when I, when I listen to your old radio show, he's always funny on that. It uh, seems pretty spontaneous. Um, so, yeah, he's he, he, he's a fun guy to cover. But he also can be serious. You know, when he walked into the interview room after the game the other night, you could tell that had been a tough game. And I think there was probably more than anything a sense of relief that they'd rallied. And played, but I remember he talked about, you know, like he got asked about sideline reaction when they were down, like what was the feeling, and when they were down seventeen nothing, and nobody obviously expected that. And then there was pressure on Arkansas going into the game, and then when you're down seventeen at home, 
survive Katrina. I mean, I, I can't imagine the amount of pressure Sam must have been feeling, those assistants and probably some of the players. And yet they ride the ship and they won the game and pulled it out and, you know, avoided what would have been a really bad loss, obviously. Um, one that it'd be kind of like the Citadel, even though that team was a lot better than Citadel and the Arkansas was a lot better than that Arkansas team was. But, um, but yeah, I don't think Sam, he's not afraid to show his emotions a little bit, show, um, I don't know, vulnerability is the right word, but just show, he's not afraid to show he's, he's you know, a human being. He has a human side to him. So, um, no, Sam's a fun guy to cover. I remember being in uh, Baton Rouge for a basketball game right after Sam got hired, and I was sitting in um, Phil's Oyster Bar. And I'm not going to name the guy, but a national writer I know came in. He was there to do a football story because she was getting ready to play um, in the the playoffs. He was doing a Joe Burrell story. And we, we'd known each other a long time. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm covering a basketball game. What are you doing here? And he goes, I'll be here to do a Joe Burrow story. So he said something like, man, Sam Pittman, I don't know, you know, about the hire. And I said, well, and I'm not in any way saying that I would have predicted Arkansas go 9-4 last year and all that. But I said, you know, I think he's going to turn out pretty well. I said he, he was a really good assistant coach here. And honestly – all due respect to Brett Bielema, things started unraveling for Brett when Sam left for Georgia. He's a great recruiter. I think he can, you know, he's coached everywhere. He's got contacts everywhere. He, he's putting together a really good staff, and he really wanted the job at a time when guys were not knocking down the door to get this job. We know the other names that got mentioned. Maybe they just used Arkansas's interest as leverage with jobs they got, but you know, Sam really wanted the job. And I said, you know what? I said I think he's going to turn out okay. You know. And um, I feel kind of good about doing that. I don't know if that writer remembers me, but I, I gave Sam, I thought, a pretty good endorsement. And because um, I said, hey, they weren't going to get Nick Saban. OK, so I said, I think of the realistic guys that could get Sam's. Sam's a good hire for him. I think he'll do a good job. So, um, I mean, I don't think anybody could have predicted the, the job he's done to this point. But, um, yeah, Sam, Sam's I guess an, I guess a long winded way of saying is, yeah, I, I enjoy covering Sam. I want to ask you about a couple of things in the time we have left. One, you covered the Dallas Cowboys right after Jerry Jones bought them, if I'm not mistaken. The Democrat Gazette sent you to cover the Cowboys. Now, back then, if I remember right, that meant Thousand Oaks, California, and and uh, uh, where they trained in those days. Am I right? And just just kind of take us back what that experience was like for what at the time was a relatively young sports writer. Yeah, it was fun. Actually, that's when uh, there was the Democrat and still the Gazette. So I think it was a product okay. of, you know, one, you had, a little, you know, a Little Rock native or maybe North Little Rock, uh, Jerry Jones buying the Cowboys, which is just a huge na- national story. And then the Gazette was covering Jerry. So we were going to cover Jerry. It's kind of like what one did, the other did, you know. And yeah, I went out to Thousand Oaks. At, it was... um Gosh, what was the name of this college out there? They, they trained at a college. Oxnard College? Is that what it was? No, no. I think it might have been Luth, California Lutheran or something. Well, it was definitely Thousand Oaks, and they trained on a college campus. And I remember we lived in the dorm, and they let us stay in the dorm for free. So that was a cool thing. We ate in the cafeteria where the players and coaches ate. And I didn't really know the player. Obviously, there were a lot of veteran cowboy beat, beat riders, you know, columnists like Randy Galloway. Frank Lux, uh, uh, 
uh, Goose Goslin was uh, the beat writer. Rick Goslin was the beat writer for Dallas Morning News. Mickey Spagnuolo, who I knew from Columbia, Missouri, um, was covering. Ed Werder, who people probably know from ESPN, was covering him for the Fort Worth paper. Um, so it was like an all-star group of reporters. But, yeah, that, that was a blast. We go to practice. And, of course, you know, it, it was two-pronged. Jerry on the team and, and then Jimmy Johnson, the former Razorback, coached the team. And so, yeah, that, that was a big story. And, you know, uh, Kim Brazell, who was with the Gazette at the time, um, covered, you know, he wrote about him for the Gazette. And I wrote him for the Democrat. We, I mean, we we covered him like, well, not quite like the Razorbacks maybe, but we wrote a lot about him. There was a lot of interest. And, and like I say, Jerry, Jerry was a national story because nobody honestly could believe that this Arkansan had swooped in about the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, you know he he got known for firing, uh, you know Tom Landry, and uh, bringing in Jimmy, and and that was a rough first year. They went one and thirteen. I remember I went to the. Uh, we didn't travel that much, but the, my sister lived at. Well, she still lives in Washington, so I went out to the game at RFK and stayed at my sister's house and covered the game. That was the one, and the Redskins were they were known as the Redskins then. They were really good. I think they won the Super Bowl that year. And and Dallas beat them, you know, and that so that, that kind of got the ball rolling. The next year they were competitive. I think they went seven and nine, just missed the playoffs by one game. And then in ninety they made the playoffs. They lost to Barry Sanders and the Lions at the back at the old Silver Dome, which no longer exists. I've covered a lot of stuff in places that they tore down. <laughs> but um, um, you know, and then after that they got the, the Super Bowl run where they run. Th- won three Super Bowls in four years. But yeah, Jerry Jones was always so good to us, uh, to the media in general, and especially to me personally. He was really, I think he really enjoyed that Arkansas, and Kim too, Brazil, you know, he enjoyed that Arkansas, it meant a lot to him that the Arkansas media was out there, and he liked having us. He used to have, uh, he, he threw a party every year. That, um, well, they went to Thousand Oaks, and the next year, they, I think they went to Austin. Because Jerry realized what a marketing bonanza that would be to have camp in um, in Texas. I think the reason they had camp in Thousand Oaks was because Tex Schramm, the former general manager, he just liked being out there because the the weather was real mild. But um, but I remember Jerry hosting a big uh, party for the media out at uh, a nice place uh, there in Austin. I can't remember where it was, but it had a really nice outdoor bar. And we basically took it over, and Jimmy. Jimmy was telling. Jimmy came out there. Jimmy Johnson. He was telling stories, and yeah, those, those. And then Valley Ranch was their headquarters. Now it's the Star, but they they trained back then at Valley Ranch, and we'd go to practice, and we we get to watch a little bit of practice, and then Jimmy would usually talk, and we'd get players. You know, the locker room was open. We'd go in and get players. That's when Troy Aikman was a rookie in '89. I remember. You know, of course, he just played against Arkansas in the, in the Cotton Bowl, and he was at UCLA, and. You know, they had some some veteran guys like Two Tall Jones still in Everson Walls and Bill Bates and those guys. So yeah, that that was a cool thing because I'd never really been around pro. You know, on, on a regular basis, I'd never covered pro sports before. And and then being there, I, I I used to go out to Mavericks games and Rangers games and and do some stories like when Razorbacks would come through, like Joe Klein or Daryl Walker, or, you know, those guys. And it was it, it was it was a fun time. And I want to ask you about your relationship with Nolan Richardson. Um, you were inducted into the Arkansas Sports Writers and Sportscasters Hall of Fame um, this year, and Nolan Richardson recorded the video tribute. That's rather unusual. 
for a head coach, particularly a Hall of Fame one, to uh, do the introduction for a sports writer who's going into the Hall of Fame, but he did, and he did it with a lot of feeling, and it's obvious that he thinks a lot of you. And I just wondered what that moment meant to you. Well, you know, it, it, it meant a lot. Um, I know some people think Nolan Richardson didn't, didn't like the media because, you know, every once in a while he'd, he'd get upset about some things. But actually, he was a lot of fun to cover. And he was good from a media standpoint because his practices were open. If people remember, they were just open to the media. Fans would come. And, and when Arkansas was really good in the 90s, it was not unusual to have a couple hundred people at a practice. Of course, now that would be virtually unheard of, I think. I, I can't think of any other place. There weren't many places like that back then. Eddie Sutton, you know, he had open practice for the media. I can't remember if fans were ever there. But, yeah, Nolan Richardson was a lot of fun to cover. Uh, one, one thing he won, he won a lot. And that's always fun to cover winning teams. They played exciting ball. And, um, yeah, I can't remember how many times we'd be sitting over there watching practice. Practice would be over. And we would have already talked to him maybe earlier that day or maybe the day before about the upcoming games. And he'd stop by and say, hey, you guys need anything? You know, it, you okay? You, you. Um, and every once in a while there might be some breaking news in college basketball that would happen. Maybe some other coach got fired or something happened. And so – it, he was really accessible. I can't tell you how many times I was in his office talking to him. And every once in a while, he, he'd unload on me about something somebody else had written that he didn't like. And I just would sort of nod and say, well, coach, I respect your opinion. You know, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree or something like that. And then we go on and talk about Corliss or Scotty, whatever the heck we were going to talk about. But he was really accessible and he was a lot of fun to cover. And I would say, you know, like I say, people might think about a couple of press conferences where he got very upset about things, but that was maybe one or two percent of the time. The other 98, 99 percent of the time, he was great to cover. And um, he always gave you a good story. He nothing was really off limits or out of bounds. Um, and, um, and and yeah, and I, it's, I'm really glad to see he's reconciled with Arkansas after the way things ended. That was unfortunate really for everybody i think it was unfortunate for him it was unfortunate for his players unfortunate for the fans i'm talking about current players and ex-players but he was sort of uh i don't know exiled there for a while you know he still lived in fayetteville but i know he didn't feel comfortable going to games being on campus even although he still lived in northwest arkansas and you'd see him out out and about sometimes and i've been out to his i don't know whether it's called a ranch or a farm but it's you know out in the country where he has all his exotic animals and horses i I've interviewed him out there a couple of times and, um, and I, I call, I've called him many times in recent years for different stories. You know, when, when Arkansas out in San Francisco, when Arkansas beat um, Gonzaga and then they were going to play Duke in the elite eight. Well, you know, that heart, I think that made everybody think back to the final four when, uh, when Arkansas beat Duke for the national title in 94. So I, uh, you know, I called him that, that next day. I mean, the, the game was late Thursday night when they beat Gonzaga, and, and we were doing press conferences Friday. I called him Friday morning, man. He got right back to me or maybe picked up. I can't remember. But we talked for maybe 30 minutes about Duke. And, Mike, you know, we all knew that was Mike Krzyzewski's final season, and that could potentially be his last game if Arkansas were to knock off Duke. And and he gave me, I thought, a really great story. And I, I knocked that thing out, you know, before going to the pressers. And, um you know, so yeah, he's uh, he, he, he's really been he's a Hall of Fame coach, and he's in, I don't know about a dozen Hall of Fames, and then as he said, he's in the the big one, the granddaddy, the the Naismith Hall of Fame, which 
I would wish he'd gotten in there earlier, uh, but he's, he's in that. That's the main thing. And, um, but yeah, I, I feel like I have a very good uh, relationship with him. All right. Last question. I'm going to ask you a question. I get asked a lot. People say, what's the most favorite thing that you've ever covered? I'm not going to ask you what's the most favorite thing, Bob, but I'm going to ask you, have, has there been a moment or two where you've stopped for a second and thought to yourself, man, I'm really glad I'm here? Yeah, I've gotten lucky to cover, you know, some really big college events. Um, I guess when Arkansas won the national title in 94 in basketball, um, you know, the final four was really big then, um, but it's not – well, of course, I haven't been to a Final Four <laughs> since 95, so maybe maybe I can't speak to it. But I think it's gotten a lot bigger. And, you know, back then uh, it, it was big, but you could still get pretty close to the teams. And I remember, of course, in 94, Bill Clinton was the president. He was literally following Arkansas around. He was in Dallas when they won the Midwest Regional, and then he was in Charlotte for those games. And I was not in the locker room when Bill Clinton was there. But usually we got to go in right after he'd been in there and talk to the players. And, uh, yeah, I remember that Monday night when they played Duke. And, you know, it's late tip-offs, which, you know, fans like, I know, but the boy's a writer, you know, that ain't good, you know, that late deadline. And this is before the Internet. And I remember we had, we had the Democrat Gazette had sprung for a phone on Press Row, which was not – I want to say it was about – for the weekend, it was about $500 to get a phone line right there so I could send as soon as the game was over and it was going on 1A – not the front of the sports section, the front of the whole freaking paper. And, man, I was nervous. But I do remember looking around. Uh, and we were there in the Charlotte Coliseum, I guess it was called. And, you know, I had a great seat. I think I was on the second row about midcourt. You know, I wasn't where the New York Times was, but I had a pretty good seat. I remember there was a guy uh, from the Cleveland Plain Dealer sitting next to me. So I guess that was good company. And um, But I remember thinking, man, I hope I'm up to this. You know, I hope I don't screw this up. And, of course, then when you're in the moment, you just got, got to let it go. But I think my story was okay. Um, I'm trying to remember, actually, what I wrote. But, um, but yeah, you wrote that, Arkansas that wins the national championship. That's what you wrote. Something like that. Um, I, think, I think I wrote something about how, you know, Bill Clinton been following the Razorbacks around. Now they're going to get to visit him in his house because we all knew that teams whether college or pros they all that I, I can't remember who started the tradition but they went and visited the white house and you knew bill clinton of course he had arkansas's track team there um i think any team arkansas team that won national championship they could have won in tiddlywinks they would have gotten to visit the white house and um but i think i wrote something about that like now he can stop following the razorbacks around because they're going to get to come visit him because we knew that they would uh, I think that's later that spring they visited the White House. Maybe it was in the summer. I'm, I'm not sure. Obviously, that, that they have to, you know, work that out with the president's schedule. But, um, but, yeah, I remember Bill Clinton was sitting up there in one of those boxes, and you, you could see him, you know. And But, I, yeah, I remember that. That that was a highlight. Um, you know, getting to cover all of John McDonald's – I didn't cover all of them, but I covered most of John McDonald's national championships in track and field. I know that doesn't get the attention that football and basketball does. But um, but that was you know I really enjoyed covering John's team. So many great athletes, just incredible run that he had. And I got to go all over the country covering track. You know Eugene, Oregon, Durham, North Carolina, Boise, Idaho, Austin. You know that that was really a lot of fun covering his teams because he he was you know the in my book and probably a lot of other people he's the greatest coach in college 
history, just when you look at his accomplishments, 40 national titles, and fun to cover the World Series with uh, Norm uh, DeBryan and Dave Van Horn's teams. That's been really cool. That's been cool to just cover two. I've been doing this for 40-some years. I've only covered two Arkansas baseball coaches. That, that, that's pretty wild. Covered a lot of football coaches, only two <laughs> baseball coaches, only two track coaches. And of course, Lance Carter, you know, the women's coach, has won six national titles, and I really enjoyed getting to know Lance and cover his program, too. And um, it's just really cool what's going on on campus. I don't cover all the sports, but the, the success they're having really across the board is pretty unbelievable. Bob, as always, you are generous with your time. I could talk to you for the rest of the day, but you got stuff to do. So um, thank you very much for joining us today. No, no, no problem. I appreciate you asking me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V 50. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V 5-0. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. I really enjoyed visiting with Bob there, and and I could have gone on for a long time. He is really one of the true gentlemen in our business, and you know he's one of those guys that it's impossible to dislike because of the way he treats other people. He's a good guy. He's a great sports writer, but he's a terrific guy, and um, he always has good stories to tell. They don't seem like they're always good stories to him, but to everybody else, you just find yourself sitting around and all of a sudden, Bob's been talking for 20 minutes and, you know, nobody said a word because everybody's tuned into what he has to say. I liked the stories about the Cowboys back in the early days when, you know, Jerry owned them and Jimmy coached them and they weren't very good at the start. But, you know, then they made that Herschel Walker trade and everything seemed to change. And, you know, the Cowboys became what they became in the 90s. And even though they don't win quite like they did in the 90s, they're still profitable to say the least. And Jerry Jones has proven his business acumen many, many, many times over. All right, coming up on Friday, we are going to have our preview of the Texas A&M game. Hogs have had some big wins against these guys, and we're going to talk to someone who is involved in one of the biggest. You're going to want to be here Friday. I hope you make plans to do that now. Now, in the meantime, we need you to download the Hit That Line Network of podcasts. Don't necessarily enter Give Me the Hogs Chuck. Enter the Hit That Line podcast network it's going to lead you to not only this one but a lot of the other great podcasts too 
Like us on Facebook. Subscribe. Spread the word, if you would. Let's just put it that way. Again, we're back on Friday. Hope you will be too. Talk to you then. Until Friday, thanks for listening. Give me an H. Give me an O. Give me a G. Give me an S. What's that spell? Give me the hug. <laughs> this podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works, cordless power tools, and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of works, cordless power tools, and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.